Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. So I'm Jackie and joining me is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, Jackie. So today we're just going to jump right into it. Um, We are going to talk about some no prep activities. So by no prep activities, I mean that require almost nothing in the way of planning and very light on the materials, perhaps just like a pen and paper or a whiteboard and a marker or something like that. So why should we have a few no prep ideas just kind of in our back pocket, Jen? Especially we're coming up into the holiday season, although obviously it's a podcast, people may listen to this in the future. But um, certainly with uh, ESL and EFL, you are quite subject to last minute schedule changes. And those can either be your classes being taken away with no notice or, oh, we thought this thing was going to be planned, but um, it's not. Things changed. You know, it would be great. You know, it would be super is uh, if the English teacher came in and just uh, sang and danced for a few hours to entertain the troops. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had the situation where I planned a whole lesson. Maybe I had like like in Korean like in a Korean university, I'd say like 30 students and then something happened and there was like three students in class that day. And then the 27 other ones had some field trip or something and nobody let me know. So I had these three students. So I didn't necessarily want to do my normal lesson plan that I had planned for the whole class because it's, you know, 27 students would have missed it. So um, that was the case that I would often kind of just scramble at the last second and um, throw together kind of some last minute um, things to do. Yes. Um, yes, definitely those situations also come up uh, in lower level schools. It's not just a university thing. I uh, definitely had times when um, a small handful of students would be held back from a field trip or uh, some sort of school activity, like the parents either hadn't given their permission or actively said, no, my kid's not going. Um, and so, yeah, it was another case of all the quote unquote real teachers are going on the trip. So uh, the specials and somehow it always seemed to be the English teacher. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. <laughs> well, let's get yeah, let's let's get into our um, favorite no prep activities. So I have the first one. It's called name five things. So this is very simple. I would put students into groups of, say, like two or three or four. And then all each group needs is a pen and a piece of paper. So I would so this like heavily depends on the level what you would say but if maybe for example animals um very absolute beginners i could say name five animals so the students in their groups have to write down five animals with the correct spelling i generally require and then when they're done they put up their hand and i check their paper and if they're all correct they get one point um so higher level students could maybe like name five farm animals or name five animals without legs, or um, if you're doing like food, name five foods, or name five Thanksgiving foods, name five um, foods that you might eat at a birthday party, I don't know, just all kinds of things. So it really depends on the level, but it's quite a flexible activity, and students seem to really enjoy it as well. Yeah, and um, I'm going to go a little bit out of order, because I have an alternate name five things. And that is um, you will need uh, some dice or at least one die. Uh, I always had one that was like 
one foot along each edge. It was absolutely massive, but it was made of sponge, so it couldn't hurt anyone. Um, <laughs> and so all the kids could see what was rolled. And then you would put um, multiple categories. So you would put like six categories and then roll the dice. And then that would be the category that they would work with. Um and I'll just add to that with categories. If you have higher level students, you can do like name five activities that you can do in PE class or, mm. you know, name five verbs that you can use to describe running or something like that. So I have worked with quite advanced kids before and they kind of loved those little things to show off how super smart they were. Um, but again, that would be highly dependent on the level of your kids and you know their level. So uh, base it accordingly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it I is like meant that to variation. be a fun activity, not not like a stress the kids out and make them cry activity. <laughs> no, it's not treachery. It's just, <laughs> it is fun. It's a nice like little warm up or just kind of like time filler activity. And yeah, it's yeah. If you come into a class and emergency situation, you're like, oh, shoot, what should I do? This is just a good thing to kind of just have in mind and kind of like regroup and <laughs> get it together while the students are doing are doing this. Yes. So Jen, so the second one that we have is the story round robin. What what is that one all yeah. about? Um story round robin is a super easy one. You will need um either one piece of paper per group or one piece of paper per student. And the first person will either write a sentence or make a picture. And then they'll fold the paper over uh, so that one doesn't show. But the next person, like, they'll look at the first one and then they'll fold it again. And whatever was done the first one, the next one does the opposite. So, um, like, they will draw a picture that goes with a sentence or they will um, write a sentence that goes with a picture. So that's one way to do it. And another way to do it is an actual story. So if they're higher level and they can, or even just a little bit higher level and they can write a story, then um, they will, you don't need to fold it all up and do all that. You just write one sentence. And when the teacher says time, everybody passes their paper in the given direction given by the teacher. So there's not like a madhouse. Um, And then the next person will write the next sentence. And I've done this with, again, more advanced kids, and they would do like a a small paragraph each. So then those would actually sometimes be some pretty good stories. The the lower level kids is more of um, getting into the practice of having one sentence lead to another sentence in a cohesive manner. And also you can do a little bit of uh, working with paragraphs, like when Someone should start a new paragraph, for example. And a quick tip for this one is just on the last round, tell people it's the last round yes. so, so they can kind of wrap up the story. And then you can also spend a lot of time reading the stories and talking about the stories and everything. So if you have a lot of time to fill, this is not a bad possibility to do, I think, because you actually can turn this into like a whole one hour um, kind of class and little bit productive students are doing some writing and yeah things like paragraphs and capital letters and punctuation and all kinds of things you can turn this into yes uh, depending on 
as you said, the length of time and also uh, maybe like what the usual lessons are that kind of are have preceded this, you can mine it in different ways. So yeah, like having the students read it aloud or you can read it aloud and then other students can ask questions. Um, you can also use them for like grammar correction or mm -hmm. spelling correction where you could uh, write it on the board and have uh, students correct mistakes. Again, uh, you don't wanna really have names attached to that if you're doing corrections, because some students will get sort of, um, I mean, nobody likes to have their mistakes called out in the front of the class. So mm -hmm. yeah, use a little bit of discretion if you're going to use it for correction work, but sure. that is another way that you can use it. Okay, so the next one I want to talk about, it's kind of a, there's a few different activities, but they all relate to spelling. And so the first one is a spelling bee. So I would often just like grab the textbook and um, the previous units vocabulary that I've taught my students, I would use that as a spelling bee. So everyone, maybe I'd make two teams and, um, you know, like alternate people. So I'd say spell yellow, spell blue, spell green, whatever. And then if you spell it correctly for your team, you get a point. If you spell it incorrectly, the other team gets a chance to kind of like spell the word and steal your point. So that's kind of endless fun um, for that. Um, the other spelling thing to do is like a circle challenge. So everybody stands up and um, I, I say, okay, spell yellow. So the first student will say Y, the next student E, the next student L. And if someone misses a letter, they sit down and are out of that round. So this is obviously better for lower level students because higher level students will just kind of go on endlessly, actually, because most of them probably can spell most of the words um, pretty well. Or the next one is a whiteboard race. So put students into like two or three or four teams, kind of depending on how much whiteboard space you have. And you can say, okay, spell yellow. And the first person to spell that word correctly gets a point for their team and then they go to the back of the line and then the next person from that team um, spells that word so yeah all of these things actually can take up well the circle one is only a few minutes and then students get a bit bored but the spelling bee and the whiteboard race can actually um, take up a lot of time and yeah it's quite fun students seem to enjoy those activities yeah and um, as ever with these sort of group challenges students are much more motivated to do things correctly if uh, the fate of the team lies in their hands. Like they might not care if they can spell yellow correctly, but if it's a, a group activity, then they definitely don't want to let their side down. Oh yeah, so. if they're getting a point for their team and perhaps there's like a little, you know, like chocolate or something for a prize. <laughs> I yeah. mean, nobody wants to get it wrong to be that person to not spell like a word correctly. Okay, Jen, yeah. so your next one is whiteboard error correction. What is that? Yeah, so um, if you have a textbook or you have some reading or writing materials that you have been using prior to this lesson, then you can put some mistakes on the board. And again, depending on the level, you know, you could just put some words like the spelling bee kind of thing, write some words on the board. Some of them are correct, some of them are incorrect and uh, let the students in some sort of organized fashion have a crack at uh, correcting them. And that can either be like coming up to the whiteboard and picking one word to correct or um, writing in their notebooks, however works for your classroom. 
And then the higher level, you can have sentences on the board that have some mistakes and you know, you can gear it towards lessons that you've recently had. If you've been working on conjugation, you can have some conjugation errors. If you've been working on tenses, you can have like some mixed tenses. Um, you know, if you write like a paragraph or if you've done like compound sentences or whatever, um, you can have like a disagreement between the parts of the sentence. So yeah, just just whatever you've been working on you can have uh, something on the board that will test their knowledge of what you have been working on prior to this day. Mm, yeah, this activity is kind of one of my standby warm-ups, so I'll use it to review material from a previous lesson. Um, but yeah, it's it's very easy to do. You can even just flip open the textbook. What did we study three weeks ago and do a sentence about that? And what about two weeks ago? Do a sentence about that, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, you can do this on the fly super easily with very, very little prep time. All right, so the next one uh, is two truths and a lie. So I'm sure you've done this game before. It's where you share two true things about yourself and then one lie, and the other people have to guess which one is the lie. So um, this is really nice if you're just given a class kind of at the very last minute, and they're like, oh, and your class starts in 10 minutes. Um, it's a really nice icebreaker activity. So I kind of do it um, in a couple different ways, depending on how many students I have in the class. So with a small class, I'll show my example of kind of my own ones and then I'll get students to write their three sentences and then um, th there'll be like a hot seat at the at the front of the class so um, a student will come up and they'll read their three sentences and then on the board I'll write one two three and then I'll just kind of put like a keyword like you know like sister or like whatever 10 countries or you know like their hobby or whatever they they shared just so people can remember which one was which and then there'll be a question time. So I'll give maybe like two or three minutes and the other students in the class can ask questions to that person in the hot seat to try to uncover which one is the lie. So for example, if I said, I've been bungee jumping 20 times, people might say, where did you go bungee jumping? And um, if I said, I have a twin sister, they could say, oh, what's your twin sister's name? And um, all that kind of stuff and just see if they can catch me in my lie. And then at the end, everyone votes on it. And whoever uncovered the lie correctly gets one point. And then um, everyone will have a chance to sit in the hot seat. And then um, at the end, we'll find out, I always kind of make a joke about who's the best detective. So who should be a police officer? Because they were really good at detecting the liars uh, in the class or which one was the lie. Um, so who's then the in best a, liar? Yeah, who's, yeah, well, that's true. So you can keep track of like, who's the best liar or who's the best detective. I usually, if you do both, it actually gets a bit confusing. So I generally just do it. Who's like the best detective? Um and then if I have a bigger class, I put students into usually like groups of six, five or six, and then they kind of do that same process within their groups of five or six. So yeah, that's how I do it in my class. Yeah, and that's good. Um, I like the way you do it, where you put them in the hot seat, because then um, that's better like for, for lower level students where um, it, it may be a pretty short game if they don't have that much vocabulary to make up their lies or whatever. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> little stretcher there. And with like, and then with lower level students, um, 
it has to be a little bit more teacher centered. Like I'm sometimes the one asking more of the questions, but with higher level students, I kind of try to sit back and just let students um, kind of be the ones asking all the questions. I might throw in one for each student, but then I just let them. But lower level, yeah, it's tough for them maybe to do two minutes of question yeah. time. So yeah, I'll help them out with that. Yeah. And also with the students, if you have them like in groups, if they're sort of like they're they're good enough to answer to sorry good enough to ask their own questions but maybe um that requires a lot of thinking time for them then maybe have like each table needs to ask at least one question of each uh person in the hot seat kind of thing mm. and then it's not putting as much pressure on each student as, and you can obviously keep track you know like if table 1 has their one representative who's doing all the talking maybe uh, let them know that they need to have a different person for the next round or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea of getting each table or each group or whatever to ask one question and then give them like that 30 seconds or whatever of thinking time to like think of their one or two questions they'd like to ask. Okay, so the last one, uh, password. What is that one all about? So password, uh, you'll need a, a whiteboard and some markers, but it's only you doing the writing. Uh, you'll divide the students into um, at least two groups and um, the representative of each team will come up and they'll take turns for each round. But um, the representative will be facing the rest of the class and you will be behind them and like high enough above their heads so the rest of the class can see you will write a word or a phrase. And um, the first student um, will have the, the chance to try to guess what the word is, and their team will give them clues. And if they can't get it, and you might have to put in some, you know, three strikes, you're out, or you've got, you know, one minute, uh, some, however you decide, do you have the limit? Uh, otherwise, there are kids who will just want to try until the end of class uh, and then it goes to the next one <laughs> yeah. and it goes um so however many groups you have uh if you know if you've got four groups and you know person one gets it wrong person two gets it wrong person three gets it wrong uh then you know it goes to person four and they uh if they get it right uh good for them uh, they get a point uh, but if the the person who gets it wrong but they'll go to the end of the line and no point. And yeah, the person who gets it right, they still go to the end of the line, but their team gets a point. So um, basically each team is trying to give the best hints without uh, giving away what it is. And it can be, you know, sort of like taboo where you have maybe you can give them other words that they cannot use which you would also need to put on the board so that the rest of the teams can see and the uh, students at the front cannot see um, or it can literally just be that one word that they can't say mm. and uh yeah uh, whichever team gets the most correct by the end they win and you can either do it uh, like i said they get it correct and they go to the end and get another chance uh, after everybody else had another chance, or you can do it where 
they they continue to represent their team until they get something wrong. However, it works for your class. If you've got some yeah. superstar students, you may uh, want them to go to the back of the class so they don't just dominate and their their team is just giving them hits the whole day. <laughs> yeah, I usually do that variation. Um, yeah, like mixing it up, the person kind of in the hot seat or at the front, the person who's guessing. So, um, okay, so I think that is about it for our no prep activities. I hope that's helpful for everyone. And you can kind of just keep um, some of these ideas just in the back of your mind, just for those kind of emergency situations. Um, so if you want more um, information about the podcast and all the episodes, um, check out eslactivity.org slash podcast. And that's my website where you can find all sorts of like games, activities, um, lesson plans, and all kinds of useful things. And then you also might want to check out the book, English Teaching Emergency. Um, it's on Amazon. So just have a have a Google and, and by Jackie Bolin. And um, yeah, there's a bunch more no prep activities in that book. Um, so you could just kind of keep it on your bookshelf and you'll be able to find something in like 10 seconds before class starts um, pretty easily. All right, Jen, and where can people find you? Um, I have a YouTube channel, Teach, Travel, Learn, and they can they can find me there, I guess. Yeah, I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that sounds good. Jennifer, you're mostly just featured on this podcast. I, I am. Yes. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You can find me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but if they want to say hello, then they can find you on YouTube, I think, most easily, yeah. probably. Okay, so that sounds good. So let's wrap it up there and um, stay tuned, everyone. We are going to do a Christmas lesson plan ideas, some games and activities. So that will be our next episode. So um, talk to you later. All right. Bye, Jackie. Bye. Bye.